Hey, this is Max Casella, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Well, thank you for joining me for episode 575 of On Screen and Beyond. That's the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, on episode 575, we have Max Casella. Now, of course, he was Vinny on Doogie Howser, M.D. He was on The Sopranos. He was on Boardwalk Empire. He has a new movie out called That Cold Dead Look in Your Eyes. Max, I was going to call him Vinny, Max Casella is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so get ready for that. And um, we've got uh, more and more stuff coming your way here at On Screen and Beyond, and be sure to uh, you know follow us on Instagram and uh, Twitter, we're out there, and also... Be sure to uh, you know tell a friend and leave a review if you can on whatever you're you know if you're on Apple uh, podcasts and uh, out there so uh, that would help us out a lot get the word out tell a friend download all the episodes of On Screen and Beyond that helps out a lot too because uh, the more people we get the more downloads we get the more people will come on the show so that's the way to do it and we appreciate your help and I you know hope that you'll give us a little. Uh, little uh, incentive here to keep going so <laughs> after 575 episodes we you know we, we've been doing this for a while so all right i uh, gotta remind you that bonji bear in the kingdom of rhythm is coming out on december 3rd now you've heard me talk about this over the years and it has been over the years because when i started this podcast back in uh, 2007 uh, I was in the process of making Bonji Bear in the Kingdom of Rhythm, and finally we are having it come out on on demand and in theaters. So be sure to check that out December third, and it's a great cast. It's a it's a fun movie, and it's a, something for you, the kids, the grandkids. Uh, so hope you'll join us for that too. So let's get right into it. It's time for remake madness on on screen and beyond. Remake Madness, well, it looks like 1974's cult crime movie Rabid Dogs is going to be remade. 1992's Under Siege, which starred Steven Seagal, is headed for a remake at Warner Brothers for HBO Max. And the remake of the Boston Strangler story is moving along with Kara Knightley starring in it. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen to be on upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, it looks like the Foo Fighters are executive producing and starring in a horror comedy called Studio 666. It's about the band recording an album in a haunted mansion. And Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson will star in Marry Me from, uh, it's going to come out on Valentine's Day 2022. And Jonah Hill will star as musician Jerry Garcia in a biopic about the Grateful Dead from director Martin Scorsese. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on Oscar and Beyond Sequels. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, it looks like Black Panther Wakanda Forever has gone into a hiatus due to one of the stars recovering from onset injuries. And Aladdin 2, well, the live-action version anyways, is being considered over at Disney. Nothing definite yet, but we'll keep you informed. And Mike Banning will return in three more Fallen movies. Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, and Angel Has Fallen. It's going to keep Gerard Butler busy for quite a while. And that's it for sequels next on Onscreen and Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, on December 21st, classic Sherlock Holmes comes our way on Blu-ray and DVD with the Sherlock Holmes Vault Collection with four of the classic films. And Spencer with Kristen Stewart. We'll be arriving on Blu-ray and DVD on January 11th, and Fortress with Bruce Willis lands on Blu-ray and DVD on December 21st. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, it looks like Arcane has been renewed for a second season over at Netflix. And uh, Kyle Penn will star in a new comedy pilot for FX called Belated. And sadly, Art LaFleur of Sandlot fame and uh, Field of Dreams and the Santa Claus films has passed at the age of 78. And uh, he was a past guest here at On Screen and Beyond. Actually, he was on season one, episode four. So the fourth person we interviewed here at On Screen and Beyond. And he was a great guy. Sat down with him, had a nice conversation. You can check that episode out. And uh, it's uh, you know it's very sad to hear these things happen. Uh, but uh, you know that's uh, that's the way it goes. So uh, our thoughts go out to the family. And that's it for remake madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Max Casella is be coming our way now. Max, like I said earlier, was on The Sopranos. He was Vinny on. Doogie Hauser, M.D. He was the voice of Crow. He was just in so many things. He has a new movie out, That Cold Dead Look in Your Eyes. Max Casella, next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who we have seen in so many roles, including The Voice of Crow, Analyze This, Newsies, Leatherheads, The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, Vinyl, Ray Donovan, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and the long-running show Doogie Howser, M.D. as Vinny. He will also soon be in The Tender Bar with Ben (laughs) Affleck and director George Clooney. But right now you can catch him in the film... That cold, dead look in your eyes, which is on demand right now. It's Max Casella. Max, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Wow, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. 
You know, Max, I was getting tired just reading all those, and I only that's a, that's just a little smidgen of what you've done. <laughs> I can't believe that you led with Crow. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, cartoon I did in the 90s. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you've done so, I mean, you know, I remember you from, from you know, Doogie Howser. <laughs> oh, yeah, now you're going way back. Yeah, but you, you've had a great career. You know, I mean... I have to say, I've been very lucky. Very lucky, Brian. Like I mentioned, you have your new movie out, and uh, can you give us an idea of what the, the the movie is about and what your part in it is? Well, it's it's the latest from my dear friend, owner, Tutel, who's a wonderful writer, director. Uh, we've done a bunch of films together. This film, That Cold Dead Look in Your Eyes, is a psychedelic paranoid head trip it's a it's part horror film it's part thriller uh it's about a young man a frenchman living in new york who works in my restaurant his girlfriend dumps him breaks up with him he's about to lose his apartment and he's suddenly starting to hallucinate horribly and seeing all these demons and things like that and Suddenly, all of these across the city, all of these little electronic boxes pop up out of almost out of nowhere, and people say, "Oh, it's it's for high speed uh, cellular service, you know, kind of like 5G." Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's it's driving everyone insane, and people are hallucinating and seeing devils. But we don't know if it's a hallucination or if it's real, and. This young man is a chef in my restaurant, and suddenly he's starting to spiral out of control. He's poisoning my customers accidentally because he forgets how to cook, and his, his food is, is making people sick. Uh, and it, it just goes from – it just spirals out of control from there. Hmm. It's actually it's, – it's very psychedelic. Wow. And it's about a sort of paranoia about a lot of this technology that's in our world right now that's sort of polluting our, our minds. Yeah. Now, it, it, I mean, it sounds like it was you know, partially ripped from the headlines uh, with all the 5G and people saying things about it and everything. Uh, right. What's, is that what influenced him? Do you know? Or do you know that? Well, you'd have to ask owner what his influences were, but I think, you know, he – it comes from his, you know, he's the kind of artist where he's like, I don't know where his influences are coming from. But, um, yes, there is a sort of mis- mistrust in uh, what is 5G doing to us and all these cell towers and is it healthy mm-hmm. and is our government protecting us and uh, are we not all being poisoned? And uh, there's a lot of paranoia in it. Yeah. Huh. And he just sort of takes that ball and runs with it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that sounds that sounds good. Uh, so you mentioned that you'd worked uh, with him before in the past. Is there anybody else on the film that you've worked with? Um, let's see, not not on this one, um, but the first film I did with Owner was a film, a, a dark comedy called uh, Applesauce. That's how we met, and then I did a film with him during the pandemic about the pandemic called Scenes from an Empty Church with myself, Kevin Cargan, Thomas J. Ryan, about a, uh, two priests who are holed up in a church in lockdown. 
And that's a beautiful film. All these movies you can stream on uh, Amazon Prime and other other places like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I have to catch up on some of those because I'm always looking for something different, you know. <laughs> Nowadays. Well, he's definitely different. Owner is definitely different. And he's a wonderful filmmaker, wonderful storyteller. Yeah. Now, I take it you've, you've worked with him because he, you've worked with him in the past and he called you up and wanted to have yes. you in this film, yeah, too? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So but how... I believe in Owner's talent so much. I mean, his writing is so good. Uh, whenever he calls me and asks me to do something, I just say yes automatically without seeing it because I trust him so much. Yeah. So how did you initially start working with him on your first film? Literally, he just offered me the role in this film, Applesauce, to my agency, and uh, they sent me the script. And I was reading it one night, and my wife in the other room, my wife at the time, was like, what are you laughing laughing about so much? I was like, I'm reading the script. It's the best thing I've ever written. I mean, the best thing I've ever read. It's hysterical. Uh, so I said, yes, I'll do it. And I met with owner, and we've been friends since then. We had a, we had a great time making the film, Applesauce. And... Um, that's it. That's that's how it started. Hmm. Yeah. So, you'd have no problems if he was going to make another one, another movie that you'd, you'd hop right. Well, I would do anything with. I would do anything with. Anything with. How long was it? How long a shoot was it for you? These are very short shoots. You know, they're they're like low budget. They he shoots his films in like three four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how uh, you know. If you're doing an independent film, and now I've said this many times on the show, that just because it's an independent film doesn't mean that it's not good. But a lot of times it's better than <laughs> the, the blockbusters that come out. <laughs> but Well, quality is one of those things where it doesn't matter if it's a Hollywood film or if it's an independent film. Uh, you can have poor films in either arena. Mm-hmm. You know. Definitely. Um, uh, oftentimes... You know, Hollywood films tend to follow a kind of corporate, uh, safe kind of uh, storyline, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's just it's it's one it's a it's its own thing, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean you know you can you can you can have wonderful stories in any arena at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen a lot of films at uh, film festivals, and it's it's like some of these films are amazing. And, you know, it's, yeah. you wonder why the studios don't jump on these things. But, you know, unless right. it's a remake or a, or a sequel, that, you know, they don't touch them. <laughs> right, right. Well, if that's the time we're living in right now. Right. Um, yeah. It's not a good time for small films. You know, the studios don't make mid-budget films anymore. They make big, big, big budget films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. don't make, like back in the day, they would make smaller budget or mid-budget films, like a film that maybe was like $50 million dollars. They don't make those films anymore. They make films in the hundred million dollar range. Yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with the, the big budget ones. But uh, it's just that eventually, you know, they got to come up with a little creativity here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, some of them. I mean, a lot of them. Are, frankly, they're not that good. You know, they're they're mm-hmm. just uh, they're like they're fast food. They they're, they're like fast food. Yeah. You know, they're you've got good fast food or like you know. McDonald's or whatever, or Shake Shack, and then you got bad fast food, you know. Mm. So, but it's fast food, even if it's really, really good. It's you, you, you eat it and you, you digest it and you liked it, then you forget about it. You never think about it again. Yeah, it's not art. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
You know, have you ever thought of directing or, or producing or anything? Well, I have produced many times. I haven't directed. I don't feel like I want to work that hard. I, I like to look <laughs> after my own job. I don't want to manage other people, frankly. But uh, it's not something I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Now, was acting what you always wanted to do when you were growing up? Well, I started acting when I was about 12. Um, before that, I was into drawing, heav heav heavily into drawing. I wanted to make comic books, and that was my thing. And once I discovered acting, that I sort of just that was that was it. I just said to myself, "This is what I'm going to do." Yeah. What was it that that triggered that? Well, the first time I got on stage, I was I had a feeling of like, "This is what it is. This is what I'm going to do." I think I had a part of me that was a bit of an extrovert. And uh, when you're painting and drawing, it's very solitary. And I really enjoy being performing in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you've you've done stage work before a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, I've done a lot of a lot of theater. I love I love theater. I love I love live performance. Yeah. Uh, I always want to be able to do it. Um, it just doesn't really pay the bills, but <laughs> I love I love doing plays. I, I really do. I, I really love it. Well, you know, I mean, it's like you don't want to brag about something here because I mean, you were Timon on The Lion King, right? On st on stage. Yeah, I was in the original company of The Lion King on Broadway. Yeah, I mean that's. And uh, I've done a, I've done a, another a number of Broadway shows. I've done a number of uh, theater pieces uh, off Broadway. And uh, I, I really do love my my theater. I love doing it. I love it. Now, what's that like when you're up there, you know, and you're getting this? I mean, you're getting immediate feedback from people. It's great. I mean, it's it's uh, it's performing for the live audience. It's um, it's 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 just, there's nothing like it. You know, there's there's nothing like it. You know, it's uh, I think every actor should do it. Um, it's doing a doing a piece of work through in the entire from the beginning to the end in front of a live audience is is acting in its purest form. I think. Mm -hmm. When you started out acting, do you remember what your first uh, I don't want to call it big role, but uh, your first paid role, I guess. <laughs> well, the first stuff I did professionally, where I where I was paid, was. Uh, because I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was a theater in Boston. I worked at the Huntington Theater. I worked at a number of small theaters in Boston. I did some local TV in Boston. Um, I didn't have an agent. I wasn't pursuing it professionally, but it was like a word of mouth kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't until I graduated high school and moved to New York that I pursued it. Uh, professionally and got an agent and all that stuff. So my my first jobs in Boston were mostly theater, theatrical productions at the Huntington Theater and the Next Move Theater and the Charles Playhouse and places like that. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So how did you come about to get the part of uh, uh, Vinny on Doogie Howser? All right. So I was working in an off-off Broadway theater. I was like cleaning the toilets and washing the, the floors and painting the walls and I was in the plays and I was running the light board and I had a real apprenticeship, you know, making the sets, acting in the productions. And during the daytime at this off, off Broadway theater, it's called theater 22 on 22nd street off of sixth Avenue. A lot of agents would come in to scout talent at the acting classes where, which we rented out in the daytime. And they would see me mopping the floors and they would just come to me and they'd say, we want to represent you. And it was kind of dumb luck, you know. They just would send me out for stuff. And so I was freelancing. This was in the, like, late 80s. I was freelancing with about five of them, five of these agencies. And one of them sent me out for um, this pilot called Doogie Hauser, which I, I landed the job. And next thing you know, before I knew it, I was out in California, in L.A., uh, filming the show. And it, it went for four years. And then I was off and running. Mm-hmm. So it was basically kind of dumb luck. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, you were just the cool guy on that show. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I was sort of a, you know, the I was a, a colorful character in a mm-hmm. show that was a little bit leave it to Beaver. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like one of those things, and I was able to really just let my ethnic personality and the, my Italian uh, Jewish. New York uh, East Coast color come through and they started to write for me and uh, the character took off the way the show took off Mm -hmm. you've done a lot of voice work too like I mentioned with Crow but you also did uh, voices for the uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog and uh, video games I did some video games as well the Jack and Daxter franchise on Playstation uh, yeah I, I I, I did a lot of that stuff yeah. Do you like doing voiceover work? Oh, I loved it. I haven't done it in a long time. I, and I did some commercials. I did the voice of the uh, for Chips Ahoy and stuff like that, and uh, M and M's. Uh, and but it's been a while. That that that, that work sort of dried up, uh, yeah. which is fine because I've been doing more sort of uh, artistic stuff in film and TV. Uh, that, I'm going back now ten. 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the, 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 the way the wind blows in one's career, uh, that work kind of dried up and it's sort of my career went in a different direction. Yeah. Well, which is fine. Yeah. The Sopranos is no, you know, no, uh, uh you know, cream cheese here. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's yeah. a pretty, <laughs> pretty good one to be yeah. on. <laughs> that was a great experience. I love those people. We have, we were a family, I love working with Jimmy Gandolfini and Michael Imperioli and Tony Zarico. And uh, I, w- I was on the show from the third season straight through to the end. And I, I got on the show, it was, the year, it was in the year 2000, until we finished around 2006. So it was a good six years of uh, steady employment on one of the best shows on TV. And I was, again, just dumb luck. Really, really lucky to be a part of such a wonderful show like that. Yeah. Um, 
How was that show to work on? Uh, I mean, was it... Uh... We were like a big family. It was really one of those things where you just like... I would I would just show up and, and I'd be with my friends. You know what I mean? And you just do your thing. Yeah. You never knew what you were going to be asked to do. You know, uh, my agent would call me and say, okay, you're doing another Sopranos. And then like, you know, the pages would come through. And back then there was a fax machine, you know, and they'd fax you your, your scene. And as the fax the pages would be coming out of your the machine, I'd be like, reading them hoping I'm like I'm not getting killed off um, I'm just like whew I made it made it through another one you know I'm like I made it and in fact you know I, I made it to the end I never got killed off I, I, they kept me on the entire time wow yeah huh it's, yeah I, I can imagine so they don't give you scripts that far ahead it's more no no doing. exactly yes. exactly you never knew you had no idea yeah Wow, so you, it's sort of like like you say, you know, oh boy, should I read this yeah. or not? <laughs> right, right, right. Wow, and then Boardwalk Empire, another biggie. Right, well, because Terrence Winter, who wrote on The Sopranos, after Sopranos ended, created uh, Boardwalk Empire and brought me on to that show. Um now that character did get killed off, which is fine. You know, I just so I did like seven, six or seven episodes of Boardwalk Empire, mm-hmm. and then after Boardwalk Empire, the, set, the the next show he did was Vinyl, and then he wrote me a role in Vinyl. Uh, he wrote me the role of Julie Silver on Vinyl, and then we did that. Unfortunately, Vinyl only had one season, but uh, that was a case of knowing people like Terry and working within the HBO family and. Uh, um, I had a wonderful experience working on vinyl with my friend Bobby Cannavale, who I worked with on Blue Jasmine, with Woody Allen, and um, so yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. You just stick in there and you persevere, and you 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 keep your nose clean, and you're you, you're a nice guy. You work, you, you're you're people like you got to be people got to like you, and you, you got to be easy to work with. And you love your job, and I love my job. I'm lucky to do to do what I do. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw, and, and maybe it's not true. I don't know um, that when you went to, I guess it was high school, that you had classmates, uh, some some guys who were fairly, you know, <laughs> fairly popular. I guess uh, you know Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, I was I was good friends. I was besties with Matt Damon in high school. Ben Affleck. I didn't know because he's five years younger than me. So oh, okay. I had already left Cambridge. I graduated from high school and moved to New York before Ben came into my high school. But I was best friends with Matt. Um, I, I got friendly with, with Ben later on. Like recently, I just finished working with him and uh, with George Clooney directed uh, us in uh, the Tender Bar. Uh, so I, 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 I knew Ben... I did two things with Ben. Ben Ben directed me in um, the um, late. Uh, what's it called, Ben? The, um, they live by night. No, I live by. They live by night. Mm-hmm. Live by night. And then I, I, I acted with him again in this movie Tender Bar, which is just coming out next month. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I didn't know Ben in high school. I knew I knew Matt in high school. I was, I was good friends with Matt in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but not Ben because Ben was about five years younger oh i didn't realize that 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 i I thought matt and ben were you know 
same, same They're not the same age. Ben is younger. Ah, okay. Yeah. So when I was a senior in high school, Matt was a freshman. And Ben was in grammar school, and I didn't know him because he was not in the school. Hmm. He was not in the high school. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that, no, that now that you come back and you work with him again, you know, <laughs> after all this time. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, we have, but we all, we know all the same people. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. we're from the same town. We're from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah. So, what other projects you have going on besides, of, of course, the, you know, the, the one that's coming out that, that is out right now, and uh, you know, but... yeah, that cold dead look in your eyes, yes. which is out on uh, Amazon Prime, and the Ben Affleck film I did with George Clooney, called The Tender Bar, is coming out in theaters uh, around Christmas, and then in January you can stream that as well on Amazon. Uh, I start work on a on a mini series called Jigsaw in a few weeks, actually not a few weeks, in two weeks. And then in the new year, I have a bunch of other stuff happening, which I can't really talk about right now mm-hmm. no because problem. it's 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 happening, and and that's it. Yeah, I got one thing after the other. Jeez, you know, well, that's great. Keep rolling along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Max, I want to finish up uh, with w- one more question, a two-parter. Yeah. But uh, I do want to remind everybody that that cold dead look in your eyes is out right now on demand that they can check out and they should be definitely checking that out and uh you know see what's on amazon prime you can check it out right now Mm -hmm. so uh as far as when you relax and i you know like we we've been going over here you don't seem to have that much time because you're working all the time but uh when you do get to relax what do you enjoy or what are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Uh, the movies I like are real, like, esoteric kind of, like, stuff most people don't really know about. I mean, I love I love old Japanese movies. I love Kurosawa films. I love Mizuguchi and Ozu and um, Kobayashi. And I love all this stuff. I don't really watch any Hollywood films. The only like American films that are happening now that I love are like uh, this guy Sean Baker who made um, Tangerine and The Florida Project, and his latest one is called Red Rocket. I haven't seen Red Rocket yet, but he's he's the American director that I'm the most excited about right now. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if I'm watching movies at all, it's it's like you know Andre Tarkovsky out of Russia back in the 70s 60s 50s um it's not it's i don't watch any tv or hollywood movies that are that are current mm-hmm. yep. i really don't yeah yeah do you ever watch old episodes of doogie hauser <laughs> i have with my kids you know i've watched some of them with my kids when they came out uh they recently uh released them um on some of the streaming channels. Right, yeah. And my, my kids were curious because, like, what dad was doing something but when he was young. And so I've watched it with them, which is always a kind of a, kind of a, kind of a hoot, you know? <laughs> uh, so what do no, they I think? don't really watch They're not that impressed. You know, they're kids. You know, they're not really. My, my youngest daughter likes The Office. She doesn't give a shit about <laughs> Doogie Howser, frankly. <laughs> they don't, it's just dad. You know, they don't, it's not that impressive. Right. <laughs> you know? I don't really care. <laughs> you know how kids are, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Max, I, I want to thank you so much. And once again, everybody should be checking yeah. out that cold, dead look in your eyes. 
And please uh, do. I, I can't say enough, and, and thank you for joining us here and sharing that with us all. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity and a platform to promote uh, these wonderful films that I'm doing uh, with my, uh, my friend, owner, Tukel. Uh, everybody check out That Cold Dead Look in Your Eyes on Amazon Prime, and I appreciate uh, you giving me the chance to promote it. And a big thank you going out to Max Casella for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, I always loved him as Vinny on on the uh, Doogie Howser MD. He was just such a great character for him, and uh, he he really did a good job with that one. So I uh, hope you'll check out his movie, That Cold Dead Look in Your Eyes, and uh, we'll see what uh, he has coming for the future. And with the Tender Bar coming up, that's going to be a big one. So uh, check out Max Casella in those movies all right well it is getting the time to finish up this episode of on screen and beyond but uh once again want to remind you to please help us and uh let friends know and download episodes of on screen and beyond and get the word out and just move it along like i always tell you and it helps us out we appreciate it very much so we can keep getting more and more guests for you and also uh december 3rd bonji bear in the kingdom of rhythm an animated musical that uh, is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of biased because I wrote it and directed it, but <laughs> I hope you're going to enjoy it. And uh, that's coming your way. So it's going to be something you can get on demand. It's going to be in major cities and also, uh, I believe, on DVD after a while. So uh, be sure to keep uh, looking out for that and, uh, you know, in, enjoy it with the family, uh, the kids, uh, the grandkids, whatever. So that's it. That's a wrap for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <music>